0: for the wisdom of your word. And as we take time, just in these next few moments, as we open your word, we stand on its truth. We stand with each other together in community. These verses, these passages, these characters, these co-workers, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our hearts as we open your your word open we pray our understanding and help us to listen well to lean in and to fill us with every good and perfect gift that comes from you in Jesus name amen and amen please be seated thank you thank you well good morning and thank you team for leading us this morning And uh, my name is Steve, and uh, it gives me great honor to introduce you this morning to my wife, Karen. And um, when we were coming up with this series, Idea of Paul and Co., um, this is part seven, by the way. Can you believe that? It's only four weeks, but it's part seven. We're doing different uh, morning and night. And uh, I I saw this topic uh, that Karen will soon introduce to us, um, I couldn't help but think uh, all I wanted was for Karen to speak alongside me. Now, I want you to know she's not a preacher, she's not a teacher. Remember last week, Royce spoke and mentioned those three things. What were they? There are some people who are seen, some people who are unseen, and some who are behind the scenes. Uh, you've seen a lot of me uh, as a minister here in 20, over 24 years now, um, but you may not have seen a lot of Karen. And that's because she is often unseen and very much behind the scenes and very much a co-worker of mine. And uh, I, I would definitely not be able to do what I do without this fine young lady next to me. Now, to lead into this day, I have had to sign a 34-page legal document <laughs> <laughs> of what I can and can't say. Mostly can't. <laughs> but um, it's it's a real joy of mine to have. Now, Karen and I met in this church um Oh, it's close to what, thirty years. We've been married for twenty this is our twenty-fourth year. Twenty-five, six, twenty something like that. <laughs> years ago. And how did we meet? Look, just very quickly, I don't want to get into this, but how we met was um, yeah, just through friendship and whatever and there was one Yeah, don't forget my contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get into this. <laughs> I chased the literally out well not literally well, I did I walked anyway, out of church one day out to your car. And you had a new car, and it was a good way of starting a conversation. And uh, I said, I'm getting in. And uh, we went for a bit of a drive, and the rest is history. So uh, (laughs) it's uh, an amazing girl. For those who know my wife, Karen, an amazing girl, amazing support, an amazing co-worker. Hey, let's get into this. Doing all right so far? So good? But look, we've been highlighting, haven't we, the co-workers, companions of the great apostle Paul. And you might remember week one where Sandy talked into that. She said, we is better than me. Very good. Some of you are listening. We is better than me. Um, To describe Paul and his approach to ministry was definitely that of together in community. Um, And we support that by looking at scripture that Paul was certainly discipled. Paul was certainly uh, supported and encouraged and even accommodated um, by those people who he did life alongside. Yes, we read a lot of Paul's writings. Yes, we read a lot about him. But there are always those people who came alongside him and supported, encouraged, encouraged, and accommodated him in his ministry, which brings us to our co-workers today.
1: So there's some famous combination of names that we're all familiar with. that you They always go together. You say one, you think of the other. So for instance, we have Batman and? Oh. Right. Romeo and? Bert and? Yeah, very good. So the Bible also records important husband and wife combinations. Abraham and Sarah, Ruth and Boaz, Adam and Eve, and today's couple, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and her husband Aquila had been living in Rome before they were driven out by Emperor Claudius, along with all Jews who followed Jesus. They traveled to Corinth where they would meet Paul and take him into their home. They provided him with employment as a tent maker and were able to support him in his missionary activities. Paul went to Corinth to start a church and Corinth was a place well known for its immorality. The Bible refers to Corinth as a wicked city it certainly wasn't an easy place to plant a church, but it was vital. From there, the three became friends, travelling companions and ministry co-workers. They go on to travel with Paul to Ephesus and stay there to support the emerging church. Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned by name six times in the New Testament, always as a couple. Although they are not mentioned often, these verses indicate that the couple were held in high esteem and were active in their support of the early church. In Romans 16, Paul refers to them as his co-workers in Christ Jesus who risked their lives for him. He expresses not just his gratitude to them, but his, the gratitude of all the churches of the Gentiles.
0: Well, the first thing you find out about this couple is that their names rhyme. <laughs> How cute is that? That's where you meant to go... Oh, Priscilla and Aquila, any other couples here this morning, your names rhyme, anyone? So this is a unique couple, I did not see any hands. Now our nicknames for each other rhyme, we're not going there, that's part of the contract. (laughs) (laughs) Come on couples, help me out, you have kind of nicknames for each other, yeah, yeah, good. But even better than their names, we discovered that they were committed to having a marriage on mission. What I mean by that, that they partnered together in work, in relationships, and in ministry. Now, Priscilla and Aquila are one of the only um, godly married couples that we, in fact, get to peer into in the entire New Testament. We may not know them. We may have read Every now and again in scriptures, in regards to this couple, but we've certainly been impacted by them. In fact, history has been shaped by this couple. Firstly, they chose to live their marriage on mission, in partnership, Um, that they had shared values, which is, of course, important in a marriage, Um, but also they had a vision that preferred picture of a future. They didn't just stand on the altar that day and look gazingly into each other's eyes, but they faced the future together, hand in hand, with a vision for their marriage. What was the vision that they had? To help build the New Testament church. That was their vision, alongside the Apostle Paul. Now, this backs it up, as Karen mentioned, about six or seven verses in the Bible. By the way, have you, tried, have you tried writing a message on six or seven verses in the Bible? Let's see how we go this morning. In fact, in four books across four different books in the New Testament. Now, whilst there's not a whole lot said about this couple in Scripture, in these few verses that we have, there is some rich description of what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be supportive and faithful in ministry. And, of course, this couple, we will soon find out that they were crucial to the Apostle Paul's ministry. So what have we discovered already about this couple? We've discovered this. We've discovered well, established that they are a married couple, that they're on mission together, and that they have a vision to help build the New Testament church. But another thing we're soon going to find out here is that they're always on the move. Now, we find them, first of all, you'll find that Aquila, born in Pontus, modern-day northern Turkey, but you'll find them gathered in Rome, then moving on to um Um, Corinth, then, of Ephesus, and then, in fact, they go back to Rome. By the way, uh, Aquila means eagle, and Priscilla means ancient. We're not going there at all. And so here is our introduction. By the way, who would like their name to mean ancient? But uh, anyway, here's our introduction to Priscilla and Aquila, and we find it in Acts chapter 18. Verses 1 to 3. We're going we're gonna to camp in Acts 18 today. Here we go. Then Paul left Athens and went to, say this with me, to Corinth. Very good. Then he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus. There it is. Who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them for they were tent makers just as he was. Now, there are so so many inspiring qualities about this couple we're talking about today. But the first uh, inspiring quality I'm going to bring out from these, uh, these co-workers this morning is this, that they demonstrated incredible hospitality. And what I mean by that is this, that first of all, they weren't just friendly, they weren't just outgoing, But they opened their lives, in fact, they went further. They opened their home to be a space used by God. And scripture teaches us that they did this for the Apostle Paul for 18 months. Let's remember, even in the midst of their uncertainty, they were refugees. Think about how God can use refugees. Even in their own uncertainty, they had this attitude that God, all we have, our business, our home, our tents, is all for the cause of Jesus. And you watch, you watch. They're going to change Corinth. They're going to change the ancient Near East, but not only that, leave a legacy years beyond their lifetime. And so, not only were this couple hospitable to Paul, but we read that the church actually met in their house. By the way, this is a very common thing for the early church. And so we read 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that what? That meets at their house. They open their lives to Paul. They open their hearts to the church because they're about. Their vision is about helping Paul, helping build the New Testament church. In fact, I would say that they are the perfect picture of one Peter chapter 4 verses 9 to 11.
1: Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen.
0: And so, this married couple, we find that they. Um, Well, first of all, an amazing couple who worked alongside together each and every day and come home married. By the way, let's just press pause here. How many couples, in fact, do that? Or have done that. You actually work alongside each other each and every day. We've got a couple of couples, fantastic. we got four couples in the life of Door of Hope Christian Church who do this each and every day. Now, we do have to separate them from one end of the building to the other, but uh, no, just joking, just joking, just joking. But four couples do that. Now, we've talked about that, haven't we?
1: We have.
0: We have. And, um, where have we? Where have we? gone, Make sure your microphone's on. Uh, where have we kind of landed with you and I working together?
1: We've probably decided that is not a good idea, and uh, I'm going to leave it. Leave you to it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's sickness in health, but definitely not at the office. Yeah. So. If you're familiar with the missionary journey of the great apostle Paul, you know, you'll know you know that when he turns up in Corinth, he is not in a good place at all. Let's read how we find him. 1 Corinthians 2, 3. I come to you in what? In Corinth. Weakness with what? With great fear and trembling. That does not describe a good picture of the Apostle Paul. Why? He experienced riots. He's been thrown into jail. He's fled persecution. He's had total rejection of the message that he came with, and it cost him dearly. He was worn out. He was discouraged. He was alone, and I'm sure close to quitting. I don't know how many times Karen and I have said on our couch in the 24 years that we've been in ministry here at the church and said, is this really worth it? And every time just like the Apostle Paul we get up off that couch and we say yes it is, absolutely worth it, yes it is but just being vulnerable, being honest with you this morning, we're saying yes it is and see, at the right time, here's what happens I don't know about you, at the right time God sends the right people hmm And Priscilla and Aquila, these tent makers, this godly couple, who go on mission, and this is a word for somebody here this morning, that God is working it out. God is working it out. And I'm not going to do this and close our eyes and put your hands. If that is you here this morning, just answer that within your hearts this morning. You might like to come forward for prayer at the end of the service this morning and say... Thank you, that word was for me, and I needed to hear that this morning. That God is working it out. Back to Priscilla and Aquila. God is working this out for them. Now, speaking of hospitality, for me, I think it was one of the most fondest memories for, for me personally growing up. My parents were people of incredible hospitality with big, big hearts. We had people stay with us regularly as I was growing up as a teenage boy and even younger, um, people who would stay with us across from across Australia, uh, from the different church activities that we had in growing up. And um, uh, we'd often have young relatives who would stay with us during the week and they'd go back home, lived in kind of out in the country there and, and stay with us. It was kind of like a hotel. It's like, who's staying with us next? That's the kind of hospitality we had growing up. I remember one particular story. Um, a, a part of our story that my sister, my older sister worked at the Penny Raw. She was one of the first, when well, she actually was the first, who uh, worked on, anyone remember the Lady Stealth Fox? Anyway, she was the first person who worked on the Lady Stealth Fox. She was a friendly person and met and greeted all the tourists and uh, uh, became friends with this family from Queensland. And uh, uh, through, through means they had a same size family as us. They had twins in their family. We had twins in my family. I was one of them. I got a twin sister. That's another story. And so we had something in common. And so we became really good friends with this family. I remember it was like Christmas after Christmas, they'd come and stay with us. And so many people were living in our home. In the end, I, I remember living or sleeping anyway in the garage, Um, because of my parents being so hospitable. But, But those times certainly played an important role in, I think, all of our lives. My parents literally viewed their home as a gift from God to be shared and used for Him. And of course, you know, as we, as I, look down through the life of this gathering of people throughout the years there have always been those Priscilla and Aquila type people opening up their homes, displaying hospitality and spreading God's love. And so I bring that to you, this this whole point of being hospitable. How about you? How about you? How could you or are you showing hospitality? Because really, it's the thrill of mission that when you open up your eyes to see the possibility that God may want to use your home, he may want to use your business. He may want to use your singleness, your marriage, your skills to open the doors for the ministry of the gospel. Let's go from Rome to Corinth. Now, let's land in Ephesus for a moment because whilst they were living in Ephesus, we come across they come across this amazing leader who has this incredible gift for preaching. But there is only one one problem, and it's this, that his theology isn't fully formed. He doesn't know the whole gospel story. And so it brings me to that, the second quality that we find in this couple, and that is this. It's, it's that of generational investment. Generational investment. They truly gave a picture of what it means to disciple others. They didn't just open their home. They weren't just friendly, but they were mentors. They came alongside and they discipled. Well, we picked this um, story up later on in Acts 18. We're still there. And it says this, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos An eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord and he taught others about Jesus with what? With an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism which is crucial for us to consider because Apollos became a follower of Jesus under the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who was John the Baptist? A very popular figure, character, preacher in the New Testament. What was John the Baptist's message? It was to repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And so we have this young up-and-coming preacher, who is, yes, enthusiastic, yet his teaching and his knowledge isn't quite on. And that's where this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, step into his life and what he was preaching, Scripture's very clear, what Apollos was preaching was accurate, but it just wasn't complete. Because when you stop at just John the Baptist, that means there, first of all, is no cross. There is no Christ. There is no Christ crucified. And there is no resurrection. And there is no coming of the Holy Spirit. It all stopped at John the Baptist. Now let's watch how this plays out. Let's watch what Priscilla and Aquila do in this moment of time. Here's what they do. They go to the synagogue where Apollos was preaching, and they interrupt him halfway through his message, and they set him straight. No, no, no. They don't do that at all. They, in fact, go to their circle of friends and complain about this heretic in Ephesus. No, don't do that either. Would you believe they go to social media? No, we won't go there. You get the idea. Watch what happens. Verse 26, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Let's think about this. This is a discipleship Moment. This is a masterclass. Because in love, quietly, they disciple him. They take him aside, most probably to their home. Why? Because we find out that they're, we've already found out, that they are hospitable. And build upon what he knows, even with, uh, with even further, deeper spiritual truth. Of course, out of that desire to help this emerging leader, Apollos, and they cared enough about the church to do this right. And so, as a result, Apollos, he will eventually become that force for good, force for the gospel, simply because this marriage that is on mission, they didn't stand up and rebuke him in front of everybody. They didn't have that know-it-all, holier-than-thou kind of attitude. No, no, no. They approached him lovingly, humbly, and thoughtfully, um, talking to him about, first of all, what Jesus meant to them, and they um, filled in the missing parts within his theology, within his understanding of who God is. Now, the impact of that conversation would have changed. Well, it did change Apollos' life forever. With God taking this ordinary husband and wife, these tent makers, and taught him more than he ever learned in the finest schools of his day. Now, isn't it great? Think about that personally just for a moment. That we have these kind of people in our own life who would come alongside And correct us gently to speak truth in love into our lives. So first of all, we all need, no matter your age or stage of life, we all need that Priscilla and Aquila to disciple us well. So we can be all that God intends us to be. But on the other side of that, we all have a responsibility To be a Priscilla and Aquila to not just the next generation, but to, to have that generational investment in which they certainly had. To be disciple makers. Which brings me to the third and final point this morning. Another inspiring quality about this couple is that they took great sacrificial risk. Let's go to the next phase of their ministry. Because in Romans chapter 16 we find this. Paul gives us a hint of the depths of faithfulness that they showed him personally. Karen referred to that earlier on. I just want to bring that back up once again because it says this in Romans 16. It says, give my greetings, this is Paul, to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. All the Gentile churches. The churches at Ephesus. The churches, the church at Philippi. The church at Rome. The church in India. The church in Chile. The church in the Philippines. The church in Brazil. The church in Canada. There we go. There it is. There we go. Thank you. The church in Launceston are grateful. Why? Because if they hadn't risked their lives to save his life, Paul's life, the great apostle Paul's life, he wouldn't have gone on to plant the churches. So he says they're all thankful for Priscilla and Aquila. Their sacrifice had ripple effects, which brings me back to my own parents. And some of you I know are the same here, by the way. My own parents opened their hearts. They opened their homes, and it had a ripple effect on me and Karen and the way in which we do life. But thankful to not just my parents, but also, guess what? Their parents. It's a ripple effect that has the potential and um, to, to change one generation to the next. People's lives are impacted simply because of the lives of Priscilla and Aquila and uh, to open our hearts and our homes. But at some point, at some point, let's come back to this, because he says, um, they once risked their lives for me. Priscilla and Aquila put their lives on the line for Paul. Now, by the way, we're unsure exactly what, and we're unsure of exactly when. Um, Maybe Acts 19, feel free to do a bit of a homework that might give some answers to you. But we certainly know this, that the stakes were well and truly there. That Priscilla and Aquila were willing to face death to protect, as as his co-workers, to face death to protect him and his ministry. It was that sense that they have, uh, that we do not have to survive this so long as the church of Jesus can grow. That was their attitude. What an incredible attitude. And so for this, Paul was forever grateful, and he made sure that those who read Scripture understand this because the man who wrote over 80 chapters of the New Testament spends his final paragraph on his deathbed to offer one more word of encouragement to his old tent-making friends and you find that in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 19. You see at the very end of Paul's life this couple that we may not know a lot about are still very much on the apostle Paul's mind. Once again, let's let's, let's wrap this up. Let's break. No matter where you find Priscilla and Aquila, Rome, Corinth, Ephesus, they are serving, they are sacrificing, they are building, they are uh, blessing. They have been faithful in the work of God, willing to be a part of the story of God. I believe that they are the perfect picture of Ephesians 2.10 where Paul says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. They were ready to use anything for the mission of God. They were ready to do anything for the mission of God and they were ready to risk everything for the mission of God. And it all comes back to what? It all comes back to the gospel. It all comes back to the good news of Jesus, what Jesus meant to them. By the way, Jesus did not risk his life. This is what changed. Jesus gave his life. Oh, Priscilla and Aquila have picked up that Jesus didn't just risk, but he gave. And so that's going to be our attitude. Yes, we'll risk, but we're going to give our life because of what Jesus meant to us when we are willing to serve and sacrifice, build and bless, be hospitable, be uh, investing in the generations and take those risks. Guess what's gonna happen, Dora of Hope? Guess what's gonna happen? This city's gonna change. Your marriage is gonna change. Your singleness is going to change. Your family is going to change. Your school and the culture is gonna change. When people take up the cause of Jesus, and willing not just to risk, but to sacrifice and give it all. May we each follow this morning and all the days of our lives, this example that's given to us by two humble tent makers named Priscilla and Aquila. First of all, to be incredible with the hospitality, be committed to um, investing generationally, and to be risk takers all for the glory of our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for the legacy and life of P- Priscilla and Aquila. Thank you for their bravery. Thank you for their courage. Thank you, God, for their consistency. Thank you for their example. I pray for Priscilla and Aquilas to rise in this gathering of people. I thank you for the calling that is on people in this room right now. And their hearts are beating, beating a little bit faster. Because they know in their heart of hearts that you are calling them out of their comfort into something so sacrificial that it's going to hurt in so many ways. But Lord, that's the God of, that's, the, that's you, that you are our God and that's what you do. That's who you are. That we can't just stay where we are, but that we must move forward in being obedient to the call that you have placed on our lives, just the way that you placed on Priscilla and Aquila to live Jesus-centered lives. Others focused, but they they did that together in community to help build the church of Jesus Christ through tents, through meals, and through sacrifice. Father, help us, we pray, to see and to follow this great example in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen and amen. Thanks for listening, everybody.